Welcome to Passion Life Church. Today we begin this brand new series called The Miracle of Christmas, and I've entitled today, Don't Be Afraid of the Dark. You know, we love Christmas here at the Valdez home. It's our favorite time of year. You know, we set up our Christmas tree early, you know, putting up all the lights. And I want to encourage you just real quick. Uh, if you haven't turned on your Christmas tree lights, right, do it right now. If you have any little things that you can, you know, turn your little candles on or whatever for this message, I think it's going to help because, you know, there is light in the darkness today as we talk about not being afraid of the dark. But, you know, we here at the Valdez home, we'll set up our Christmas tree early, even kind of mid-October sometimes because we just love it. We'll leave it up late. You know, we watch a ton of Christmas movies because, you know, we love Christmas. And I think what it is about Christmas that we love is it gives us something to celebrate. And you and I need to celebrate in this season. Come on. And the truth is we do have something to celebrate. We can celebrate the birth of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And we need more celebration in this season. And the truth is, is that the story of Christmas is all about miracles. Yeah, it is. It's all about miracles. And some would call it maybe the magic of Christmas, but it's not magic. It's not luck that happened during Christmas. What makes Christmas is the Christ Jesus and the miracle of who he is. Look at what Isaiah chapter 9 verse 6 says, for unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be on his shoulders, and his name shall be called, come on, say it, you know, wonderful, counselor, the mighty God, the everlasting father, and the prince of peace. I love that word wonderful because in the Hebrew, it means extraordinary. It means miraculous. And what Christmas does is it brings the miraculous into focus. And we need to focus on the miraculous, especially in this season. And when you think about the miracle of Christmas, Jesus being born of a virgin named Mary, God clothing himself in flesh, coming from heaven right to where we are, to this earth. I love that. I mean, think about this for a minute. God gave humanity the greatest present. What was it? The gift of his presence. Come on, somebody. And he's here with us right now, wherever you're at in your home, or if you're listening on iTunes or, or SoundCloud or Facebook, whatever it is, right there where you're at. I want you to know his presence is there. It's a gift to you. And his presence brings the miraculous. Come on, somebody. And you know, I love that the belief in miracles is part of our Christian heritage. You know, and we here at Passion Alive Church, we say it unapologetically. We believe believe in the miraculous. Come on, if you believe in the miraculous today, type it in the chat, say a good amen. But you know, because the focus of Christmas is a focus on Jesus and the miraculous, guess what? The enemy doesn't want you to focus on the miraculous. That's why he brings so much opposition. And ever since the first Christmas, there's always been a war on Christmas. I mean, when you think about it, think about God's people. They were under the Roman rule. They were oppressed. They were frustrated. They had resentment. It kind of sounds like a lot of 
what people are feeling today. And it was a dark time for them. Remember King Herod? King Herod put out an order to kill all of the two-year-old boys and under, kill them all, have them all killed. Why? Because he wanted to stop Christmas. He wanted to stop Jesus from coming to the earth and fulfilling his mission. But here's the great news that I have. Herod couldn't stop Christmas. And the devil can't stop Christmas either. And I want to encourage you today, don't let anything or anyone rob you of the miracle of Christmas. Come on, somebody. But let's be honest. It's been a tough year for all of us. All of it, man. It's been a dark time. I mean, is it just me? When I go out or go into the store, you can just feel like this heaviness. You know, uh, last night I went out to get some food for our family and, you know, went to one of our favorite restaurants in the strip mall there. It's about five o'clock. It's already dark. I'm walking past some of these stores at the strip mall. A lot of them are closed. It's so sad to me. I mean, it, it look, you could just feel the heaviness. I walked into the restaurant, right, that we wanted to get some food at, and they have all of their dining area blocked off, lights off. I mean, it's, it's very, very dark. And I'm just sitting here thinking as I'm waiting for my food, man, I can just feel feel the heaviness. Come on. And the devil wants us to focus on the darkness and the heaviness and the situation, the sickness. Come on, somebody. It's very, very real. That's why I've entitled today, Don't Be Afraid of the Dark, because I love that we celebrate Christmas in December. I'm going to tell you why. On December 21st, it's called the winter solstice. It is the longest night. It is the darkest day. December 21st, we have the least amount of daylight on December 21st. It is the darkest time. And then you know what we are doing? We are celebrating the light of Jesus Christ during December. And it's important. It needs to be celebrated. We need to be looking for the light in the darkest time. And there is a light. And I love that because this is what Christmas does. Christmas brings the light of God and his presence into a dark world. Oh, come on, somebody. Yes, there's darkness, but the light is greater. And you know, maybe you've had some dark days. We all have. We all have. And you're going to see today as we, as we read some scriptures, there's been some, our heroes in the Bible had some really dark days. But I just want to remind you, you know, as you look at the Bible in the end of the Old Testament, going into the New Testament, there was 400 years, 400 years of silence. You know, there was no prophet speaking. It was just silence. And then when you open up to chapter one in Matthew, it talks about the light of Jesus. This is why Jesus said that he is the light of the world that breaks through the darkness. Look at Isaiah chapter nine, verse two. It says, the people walking in darkness have seen a great light on those living in the land of deep darkness saw light has dawned. Look at Matthew 4, 16. It says the people, I love the way the Amplified says it. The people who have sat, dwelt, enveloped in darkness have seen a great light. And for those who have sat in the land and shadow of death, 
light has dawned. You know, this is such confirmation to us that God does not want his people living in darkness. Yes, there's darkness all around, but the darkness around you doesn't have to get inside you because there is a light that God brings. And that's what Christmas does. Christmas brings the light of God's presence into the darkness. Now, you know me, I love looking up words in the Hebrew and in the Greek because a lot of times there's some deeper meaning. And that's what I did with this word light and darkness. I think you're going to find this very interesting. The word darkness, and it's consistent in the Hebrew and in the Greek, the word darkness means misery. It can mean ignorance. That's pretty, and that's pretty interesting because we, we say that a lot. You know, I've been kept in the dark. In other words, I don't really know, you know, so it can mean ignorance. It can mean destruction and it can mean sadness, right? But look at the word light. The word light can mean illumination. Man, that's good. Instruction, knowledge, but a knowledge that comes from spiritual guidance. In other words, a knowledge that comes from the Holy Spirit. My church family, it's no accident that on Christmas, you and I are putting up lights and decorating our houses with lights. That's why I had you turn some lights on today in the beginning of the message. I was saying, turn on the lights. You know, our neighbors have so many lights out on their house. I mean, it's hard to sleep at night here because, I mean, it's just, it's just glowing and it's so bright. And what's funny is that they have the nativity scene, but then they have Frosty the Snowman in front of the nativity scene. So I don't understand that. I have some other neighbors who they have a baby Yoda. I think his name is Grogu. Now we found out from the Mandalorian, right? That um, they have Grogu, uh, baby Yoda at the nativity scene. So, but they are lighting and I'm thankful. I'm thankful that my neighborhood and my street, man, they are lighting up, right? Our street. Why? Because there's darkness all around, but you know what? That's consistent with the first Christmas because the first Christmas was all about lights. I mean, when you think about the wise men, right? It was a dark time, but what did God tell them? God told them, look for the star. The star is light in the darkness. And they followed, what did they do? They followed the star, but let me say it this way. They followed the light to where Jesus was. What about the shepherds? The shepherds are minding their own business. It's dark. And the Bible says, what? The angels lit up the sky with the glory of God, brought light in the darkness. And what did the angel say? I love what the angel said. The angel said, don't be afraid. <laughs> yeah, I tell you, don't be afraid of the darkness. They said, don't be afraid. We bring you tidings of great joy right in the middle of the darkness. I love that that we're not to be afraid, but we're to have joy. And I want to say it again. Christmas shows us that God brings light in the darkest of times. Now, let's expose the darkness. I mean, we all know that it's around. We see it and many of us can feel it. But I think if we bring it into the light, if we can expose and we can look at what happens in the darkness, I think God can minister to us today. I want to, I want to do that. I want to give you four outcomes of the darkness, but I also want to give you Four ways that the light helps us get out of that darkness. Here's number one. See, when there's darkness, we can become disoriented. We can become disoriented. Look at John 12, verse 35. It says, the man who walks in the dark does not know where he's going. You know, there's many times when my wife laughs at me is that if I get up in the middle of the night, let's say to use the restroom and there's no light, I have stubbed my toe so many times, my little toe, because I can't see, because 
I'm disoriented. You know, and many of us in this season, you know, in the last eight months, being that we've been, you know, in quarantine, a lot of us have become disoriented. We have allowed the vision that God has given us. We can't see to become clouded because of the darkness. So we can't see forward, right? And I want to remind you, hold on to the vision that God has given you, especially in the dark. Don't forget what God showed you in the light in the dark, right? Because that's what you, you need. You need that. But you know what? We can get, um, we, we don't know a sense. We don't have a sense of direction when we're disoriented. We don't know which way to go. And I got to tell you, that can be frustrating and it can bring confusion. And here's what happens when the darkness comes. Darkness always causes confusion and confusion can cause fear. Here's number two. In the darkness, we can become disappointed, disappointed. You know, the definition of disappointment is a missed appointment. A missed appointment. You know, and I don't know what dreams you had for 2020. You know, maybe you had some appointments in your mind that you thought were going to happen. You know, let me just speak to the, the single people here for, for just a moment. Maybe you thought by 2020 you were going to be married. This was the year. Not only married, maybe have your first kid. But you know what? That You missed that appointment. It just didn't happen. You know, I know for us, before COVID happened eight months ago, our church was thriving. We were growing and man, it was exciting. And I had a lot of ideas and appointments that I thought were going to happen. And you know what? They haven't happened, but here they haven't happened. But here's the key. They haven't happened yet. Come on. It's not over. Your story is not over. Our story is not over. But we can become disappointment when our expectations aren't met. Job said this in Job chapter 30, verse 26. He said, I hoped for happiness and light, but trouble and darkness came instead. And I just want to say today, I want to just encourage you. Listen, if you're disappointed today, you're a candidate for the light of Jesus Christ, the light of Christmas to light up your life because there is light in the darkness. Look at number three. This is what can happen when we have darkness all around in the darkness, we can become distressed. You know, darkness brings stress. It brings an added pressure to our lives. I've talked to some people this week that they just said, you know, Phil, I'm just overwhelmed. You know, I'm overwhelmed with work. I'm overwhelmed with my kids being at home doing school. I'm just overwhelmed. And I'm going to tell you why we get overwhelmed. We get overwhelmed because there's things that are outside of our control. That's tough. It's tough when you, you know, you can't control certain things. You feel, you know, you feel helpless and, and many times. And so, you know, we can feel, man, we're so stressed out. We can feel like nobody cares. Some people said, and have told me, you know, I don't even feel like God cares. Oh, listen, God cares. And Christmas should remind us of that. You know, look at even David said in Psalm 22, verse one, he says, I've cried desperately for help, but still it does not come. You know, a lot of times what we planned isn't working, but I love that David in the Psalms pours out his heart. You know what? That gives me hope. This is David. This is the man that God said was a man after his own heart. And yet he experienced dark times. Here's number four. And this is what can happen in the darkness is I become depressed. 
I just become depressed. And depression says, you know, I got to find a way out of here. You know, I can't take this anymore. You know, a lot of times what can happen is that the holidays can highlight this a lot in our lives. It just brings, you know, it's just like, oh, this awareness of, you know, oh, I didn't accomplish this, these things that I thought I was going to accomplish, you know, and uh, I just feel depressed, you know, and part of you may be even saying, you know, what, I just want to check out of here. You know, the amount of suicides and the last eight months are, are just astronomical. You know, Jeremiah even said in Lamentations chapter 3, verse 19, he said, the thought of my pain is bitter poison. Man, wow. Such, uh, such illustrated words. I think of it constantly and my spirit is depressed. Now, let me just tell you this morning, you are not alone. Job, Jeremiah, right? I mean, these people are heroes of our faith. Guess what? They all encountered darkness. Yeah. You know, Jesus said that in this world, you will have trouble, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. But I want to remind you, you are in this world and there is trouble, but we also have the light of Jesus Christ. And I think it's so important for us to realize that Christmas reminds us that God went out of his way to come to you and I in the darkest time of the year, right? To bring light to you, to bring light to you. And God's presence is all about light. I want to say that again. God's presence is all about light. Think about even in the book of Genesis, in the beginning, what God saw the darkness. And what did he say? Genesis chapter one, verse three. He said, you know what? Let there be light. And you know what? There was light. There was light. God wants light in the darkness. You know, David came to this realization in 2 Samuel 22, verse 29. He said, you, Lord, are my light. You dispel the darkness. Come on, could somebody say a good amen? Look at 1 John 1 5. It says, God is light, and in him there is no darkness at all. And here's my prayer for us today. My prayer is that you would allow the light and the life of Jesus Christ to come into your light, to break through that darkness so you can experience the power of that light. And, that, and we need it. My church family, we need it in the midst of the darkness and we need to seek his presence. Come on, somebody. We need to press into his presence. But here's what God will do. Here's what the light will do. Let me give you four things. Here's number one. God, the light will guide you when you are disoriented. Yeah, it will. You know, the word light means illumination, illumination. You know, I just felt this week that maybe there's some people here that uh, you have to make some decisions, some very important decisions. Can I just encourage you? Don't make decisions in the dark. You know, the word darkness means ignorant. In other words, sometimes we make decisions without having all of the facts. We're ignorant of the facts. And you can make the dumbest decisions in the dark. You can't. But the good news is you don't have to. You know, the Bible says that if we'll let the light of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit will guide us to all the truth. He will guide us to the answers that we need. We don't have to make decisions in the dark. And those decisions that are made in the dark are usually wrong decisions. But thank God we have a light. And when we allow the light to illuminate 
the wisdom and the facts that we need, we can get to where God wants us to be. You know, the Bible says that in a multitude of counsel, there is safety. Now, there are some people that don't want to turn on the light. <laughs> they don't want the illumination of the wisdom. They want to do things their own way. And my heart goes out to those people. You know, here at Passion Life Church, one of the things I've realized as a pastor is I need friends. I need friends that are smarter than me, wiser than me, have more experience than me. And when we make major decisions at our church, you know, we ask these people. I ask my pastor. I go to our board and we, we talk about things because in a multitude of counsel, there is wisdom. Let me say it this way. The light comes on. Have you ever been looking for something? The other day, my son was looking for something in his room and, and I just, it was so dark in there. You know, we couldn't find it. I just hit the light switch, turned on the light, and guess what? All of the hidden things were revealed in the light. That's what the light will do. It'll reveal to you the things that are hidden. You know, the Bible says in Psalms 119 and 105, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. God wants to light your path. God wants to illuminate your way. You know, I was thinking about Mary and Joseph and everything that they went through. You know, after they had had Jesus and, you know, the nativity scene and all that, you know, the angel of the Lord appeared to them and said, you have to take this child to Egypt because there's a threat against the child. And so Mary and Joseph picked up their livelihood. They listened to what the angel said and the angel was guiding them to guard Jesus. And the angel said, listen, I'll come back to you and I will tell you when to come back. You know, and God wants to do that in our lives. He wants to guide us and he wants to lead us. And that's what the light will do. John chapter 8 verse 12 says, I am the light of the world, Jesus said. Isn't that interesting? A dark world, but Jesus said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. I know there's darkness all around. Listen to me. But just because there's darkness all around doesn't mean we have to walk in darkness. Come on, somebody. We have a light. Come on, say it. We have a light. Here's number two. Here's what the light will do. The light will encourage me when I'm disappointed. Psalms 34 verse 18 says, The Lord is near to those who are discouraged. He sees those who have lost all hope. You know, I think... When we, this whole thing first started with COVID and they said, hey, look, let's just take three weeks to flatten the curve. And well, <laughs> the curve didn't flatten for most people, right? And so now we are here eight months. There's a lot of people who have lost hope. He just lost hope. And it just seems like the darkness is prevailing. But see, I want to encourage you that God brings light into the darkness. And let me just tell you this. There's going to be disappointing days ahead. There is. And so, you know, we get uh, disappointed. But here's what happens. Let me just show you. I think this is so amazing because I've had appointments that I thought were going to happen that I did not meet. They were appointments, listen, that I set for myself. But here's what I've noticed is just because I've set an agenda and just because I've set certain things in motion doesn't necessarily mean that that's what God wants. What if God has something greater in your life, greater for you? What if God is not meeting you at the point of your expectation because he wants to exceed your expectation? Come on. I think it's great to have an expectation, but you know what? 
God has something greater. I mean, think about Mary and Joseph for just a moment. <laughs> Do you think that the way that this turned out was the way Mary dreamed that her wedding would turn out? I mean, I don't think that this is what she thought about her dream wedding would be and her you know, dream marriage and how her family would start. No, I'm sure she had some ideas, right? Expectations, especially little girls dream of that wedding day since they're very little, right? Their dress, their dress and how they're going to look and all of those things. You know, but the truth is, is that it didn't go the way that Mary and Joseph thought. But can I just encourage you today? It didn't go the way that they thought or they expected, but yet they experienced one of the greatest miracles in all of mankind. And today we honor Mary. We don't worship her, but we honor her. We respect her. We value her. And Joseph, right, because of what they did, they saw one of the greatest miracles ever. And you know what God says? In Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 11, it says, God has made everything beautiful. The word beautiful means good, excellent, in its time. In its time. You know what I think is important? This is how I think. I think that, and it makes me very confident, to be honest with you. I, I'm very confident that any opportunities that didn't work out for me this year just weren't for me. You know, that's true. You know, God absolutely knows which opportunities are essential for your life and for your destiny. And if there were some this year that you didn't have the opportunity to take, listen, I'll tell you what, God will bring the opportunities again. God is the one that makes the crooked way straight. God is perfecting that which concerns you. This is what the light does. Come on, somebody. Here's number three. His light will strengthen me when I'm distressed. Yes, when all the pressure is on and the stress is on. You know, Psalms 23 verse 4 says, Even though I go through the deepest darkness, I will not be afraid. Lord, you are with me. The gift of his presence. You know, the Bible says his name is Emmanuel, God with us. Now, I think what happens is because we think God is with us, we're not going to see darkness. We may not even feel darkness, but that's not what the Bible says. The Bible says that when I walk through the water, it will not overtake me. I won't drown. Why? Because his presence is the difference maker. The Bible says when I walk through the fire, I will not be burned. Why? Because his presence. Remember Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? They were thrown in the fire. You may feel like that right now. You've been thrown in the fire. But you know what? There was a fourth man that showed up and he looked like the son of God. And right in the middle of the fire, it was the presence of Jesus that was there. And the Bible says that when they came out, out of the fire, they didn't even smell like smoke. And I'm encouraging you today that after this season's over, I'm just believing that you're not even going to smell like this season, that God is putting opportunities in front of you to restore and move us forward. Come on, can you say a good amen today? Listen, distress may be all around you, but don't let it get in you. The light is in you, the light of his presence. Come on, are you learning something today? I want to encourage you. Man, I had this word on my heart this week because there's a lot of darkness, but there's more light. <laughs> yes, here's number four and the last one for today. His light will change me when I'm depressed. Now, you know, when we talk about depression, I understand that 
There can be chemical, you know, things that are going on in people's minds or brains. I understand that. But, you know, I'm, I'm talking about today, you know, all of us can battle, you know, just thoughts of depression and we can get down. But I want to I really want to illuminate this today. I really want to bring this to the surface because many of us don't realize that really what's going on in our life is a spiritual battle more than it is a natural one. I want to say that again. I don't think we realize that we're in more of a spiritual battle than we are just a natural one. And in order to win spiritual battles, you got to use spiritual weapons. You cannot win spiritual battles with natural weapons. That's why Isaiah 61 verse 3 talks about putting on the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Because we need to be praising. What does praise and worship do? It does one thing. It focuses our attention back on Jesus. What is that? The light of the world. The light. And so when I'm praising and I'm worshiping, I'm taking my mind off the darkness, off of the sickness, off of the situation. And you know what I'm doing? I'm focusing on the light. And look what God can do. Isaiah 61 verse 3. I love the way that it says it in the Amplified. It says, to grant consolation and joy to those who mourn in Zion. Zion is the church. To give them an ornament of garland, of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning, the garment expressive of praise instead of a heavy, burdened down and failing spirit that may be called oaks of righteousness, lofty, strong, and magnificent, distinguished for uprightness, justice, and right standing with God, the planting of the Lord that he may be glorified. My church family, we have got to press in to his presence. You know, you know, Isaiah says that we have to put on the garment of praise. Just like I put on this jacket today, it was a choice for me to put it on. You've got to put on your praise. You've got to make a decision that despite the darkness, you're going to lift up the name of Jesus. You know, I have found that there are sometimes, and I'm thankful for so many things. I just wrote a book about gratitude. I'm saying thankful for so many things. But there are times where all I can do is just lift up my hands and be thankful for Jesus and his presence and the light that he brings to me in the midst of darkness. Come on, somebody. But you're going to have to press into his presence. And that's what praise does. Praise presses in to that light. Come on, somebody. Now, darkness is not the opposite of light. Darkness is the absence of it. And here's what I want to encourage you today. There is light. There is light. And you know what? We've got to let the light in though. You've got to let the light in making your decisions while you're going to make your decisions. You've got to let that light in. Come on, somebody. You've got to let the light in your life. And this is the reason the enemy is coming against us so hard and bringing the darkness. I'm going to tell you why. Because God knows you have a destiny, but the enemy is fighting you tooth and nail as well. He sees your value. See, the enemy knows how valuable you are to God. He knows that your life is set out to make a difference. That's why he's bringing the opposition. Why do you think it was that Herod wanted to kill Jesus as a baby? Why? He wanted to kill all of the potential and the miraculous in what? The infant stage. So it wouldn't happen. And so the darkness comes against you. But listen, God knows how valuable you are. The enemy knows how valuable you are. 
to God. But do you know how valuable you are? You need to take a stand against the darkness. And I'm going to tell you, this is a supernatural work. And God will do it. I mean, God is the God of the miraculous. That's why we entitled this series, The Miracle of Christmas, because it's reminding us of the miraculous. Look at 1 John chapter 2, verse 8. It says, the darkness in our life disappears and the new light of life in Christ Jesus shines in. Look, last scripture for today, John 12, verse 46. I have come as a light to shine in this dark world so that all who put their trust in me will no longer wander in darkness. God does not want his people wandering in darkness. So he shines the light, the light of his presence, the light of his word. See, my prayer today, my church family, is that you wouldn't just see the light and walk by. That you wouldn't just look at the light and marvel and say, wow. See, that's what many people will do during Christmas is they'll see the light. They'll think about Jesus came and they'll say, wow, they'll marvel at it. But my prayer is that as you see the light, you would run to the light and you would experience the light of the presence of God. And that you and I would experience the miracle of Christmas. Let's allow the light of Jesus Christ to shine in you and I. Let's experience the miracle of Christmas. I want to pray for you today. Let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, I don't know what areas you need. The light of God, the light of his presence. Maybe it's making a decision today. Maybe it's in your family. Maybe you are depressed here today and you just can't shake the darkness. I believe that right now in Jesus' name, the light of his presence. Lord, I pray for your people that your light would break through the darkness in Jesus' name. Lord, I pray for supernatural guidance for decisions. Lord, many are on the brink, Father, and I pray right now that your light would illuminate the hidden things today. Lord, show us the things that we have not seen before in the light of your glorious presence. Lord, may your people experience the miracle of Christmas, of the light of the world. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. I just want to take a moment. Listen, if you've never asked Jesus to come inside your heart, now's the time. This Christmas season is the greatest time. You know, you may not know that if you were to die today, if you would go to heaven or hell, but you can know. You can know that today, if you were to close your eyes for the last time on this earth, that you could open them in the presence of Jesus Christ. You know why? Because Jesus not only came as a child, he grew up and he went to the cross and he died for your sin and mine. And today, if you'll attach your faith to that, that he died to, for the sacrifice of your sins today, you know what? You can be saved. Would you pray with me if you haven't ever prayed this prayer? Let's pray. Repeat after me. Say, Father God, thank you for sending your son, Jesus, to die on the cross. Father God, forgive me of all of my sins. Jesus, come inside my heart and make me new. In Jesus' name, amen. You just experienced the power of Emmanuel, God with 
Uh, come on, would you let us know that you prayed that prayer? Simply text the word believe to 951-382-5757. What a powerful word today. Are you thankful for the light? Before we go, listen, I want to encourage us all to be generous. I want us to give us the opportunity to give. You know, the Bible says in Luke 6, 38, that if we'll give, right, it shall be given unto us, good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over. Every time we give to God, it never comes back to us like we gave it. See, some people don't realize giving and how it affects their life, but their lack of giving, your lack of giving actually affects your life more than it does anybody else. And we are in the season of giving. Why? Because God gave us the gift of his son. God is a giver. So I want to thank you today for all of you that are tithing faithfully in this season and giving your offerings. It makes a difference in the life of our church, but it makes a difference in your life as well. And so you can see a couple of giving options there on the screen. You can text to give. You can go to our website, Passion Life Church. Com. If you're listening on iTunes or SoundCloud, you can simply text the word PLC Marietta to 77977. Put in the amount that you'd like to give. I know this is blessing so many people because we see the views. We look at how many people are listening. So if it's blessing you, come on, show us and uh, be generous and watch what God will do. We love you. Thanks for watching. We'll, we'll continue this next week. Merry Christmas to you and your family.